Hey there, you're listening to What the Riff, a podcast that takes you back to riff and reminisce about the days of old. It's that old time rock and roll. We're going to share a few songs off an album of the month from the 60s, 70s, 80s, or 90s with some individual staff picks and a little more. You're going to hear some well-known favorites along with a few deeper cuts that'll have you shuffling through your old albums. Maybe you're that person who blurts out an old riff in the middle of a conversation. Or maybe these songs are new to you, and we hope you'll add them to your playlist. In any case, we hope you enjoy the riffs and our riffing about them on What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and also Marbury Creative Group. So enjoy What the Riff? Nobel Peace Prize presented to Yitzhak Rabin, Shimon Perez, and Yasser Arafat. Jim Baker, American televangelist and convicted fraud, is released from jail. The jury finds Heidi Fleiss guilty of running a call girl ring. It's December of 1994, and we're What the Riff. I'm Brian. I'm Bruce. I'm Wayne. I'm Rob. Our feature album today, Wayne, who do we have? We have The Stone Roses, uh, a group that really only had two albums. And this is their second album called Second Coming. And believe it or not, this is one of my favorite songs that probably no one has ever heard. And I like to put this headphones on, close my eyes, and just listen to it. Because this part right here just kind of kicks into me and just goes, ah. And I know. Obviously a love song. Stone Roses came out of Manchester, England. Um, they're part of what is called the Mad Chester, Chester uh, Movement. And it happened in the late 80s and early 90s. You know, the music scene, that was sort of uh, almost electric dance music slash psychedelic rock, alternative rock. It was, it was very enjoyable to me. I, I enjoyed it so much that I actually went to the Haven of Manchester and it was called the Hacienda in 1991. Uh, it was a interesting crowd, very international. Uh, groups like this, uh, the Charlatans UK, uh, there were several groups that were involved in this scene. Um, in Spiral Carpets, uh, James, um, Northside 808 State, um, the Happy Mondays all came from this 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 time. Um, actually, I have the Charlatans UK. The reason why they call that because there's another group called the Charlatans. But they, I'm sorry, I'm grooving to the music here. I'm enjoying this because <laughs> this this really is. I, they just kind of pick up. It started real slow, picked up. But um, once again, there's a really really nice groove to this. Now at the Hacienda. I drank a lot of beer there, but unfortunately, most that of the people there... would be a there, lot of cerveza. Yeah. Well, not... <laughs> unfortunately, it was in England. But uh, <laughs> most of the people... This is sort of when um, ecstasy really started hitting it big, and uh, there was a lot of people they called ext out. They the drug. Were, yeah, the drug, ecstasy. So um, this music sort of hit that. It was very... It's sort of like the revival of the psychedelic movement. Instead of LSD, people were taking ecstasy, and so... You kind of swayed side to side to this music, and, and it was a kind of everybody danced kind of with each other. It was a, it was an interesting uh, scene. Went there two nights in a row um, on our vacation. You know, went with there with three other people, and we just we I had a blast. I mean, 
unfortunately, I was on a train going up there, and there was a girl I swear looked like the daughter of Jane Seymour. And we were talking to her and kind of hitting on her a little bit and going, hey, we're heading to the Hacienda. you interested in going, you know, with us? And she goes, you know, someone got stabbed there last week. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> so I really didn't take much to it. But uh, when we went in, we were actually searched, uh, patted down and everything. First time I ever gone to a bar and were, were searched like that. And the girl that was with us had to take off her leather jacket for some reason. You couldn't carry her leathers into the into the concerts <laughs> she had to check it i like this very mellow is this, is this the tone of the whole no album? no the it picks up it starts rocking and rolling this is this is I, i'd start that off because this is sort of how the music is it just kind of kind of flows and it gets you kind of going to the next song there's several songs on this album I, i'm going to tell you besides uh this one, I like Driving South, um, Your Star Will Shine, uh, Tears, and How Do You Sleep is another really good favorite that we ought to, you know, that if we had time, I'd just play on through. This one is called Good Times, uh, which is another song that that will pick up and start going a little bit more. Um, the Stone Roses had their first album uh, in 1989, and it's considered one of the top hundred albums ever released uh stone roses had such potential i've actually seen them in concert and the time i went it was in a festival type atmosphere and they were pretty wasted and they got on stage and they kept on complaining about the sound and they got about four songs in and then they just left and it was like you guys they had enough yeah they had enough and sure enough shortly later they they disbanded um, they got this name Stone Roses because uh, they just like the contrast between the two words, the way it, way it was against each other. Um, that first album, once again, uh, some people call it the greatest album, British album ever recorded. I mean, wow. it, it is a great album, and, and I enjoyed it. But I, this one just kind of, once again, just really kind of hit me. And There's a little flavor of the 60s in there. Kind of. oh, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. This, is, this is. I think you could put this in the middle of the 60s and it would right. both survive. Songs, so just survive. Both songs, yeah, I agree. Kind of got a psychedelic yeah. Oh, yeah. feel to it. That ecstasy yeah. as you were yeah. talking about. Now, one interesting fact that um, Oasis, the, the Gallagher brothers, actually saw them in concert when they were teenagers and they went, wow, that's where I want to be. And that's where they came up and decided to go ahead and progress in their own rock scene. I can see the connection. You, you, the the sound also has kind of a, that Oasis feel to it, and that champagne supernova. Yeah. <laughs> now this album actually got mixed reviews. I love it. Uh, Rolling Stone only gave it two two out of five stars, uh, but you know some people. Other people thought it, you know, was you know more positive, like the LA Times. Um, their influences, uh, like I said before, it's sort of EDM-ish, a little bit garage rock, uh, you know, some soul and everything. They, they've always said the Beatles. Everybody picks the Beatles as their influence. Rolling Stones, the Smiths, the Birds, Jimi Hendrix, Led Zeppelin, uh, the Jesus and Mary Chain, which I thought was interesting. Um, I. I probably we're going to spotlight one of them soon. And Sex Pistols and The Clash. Once again, very... That's a broad heavily, spectrum. Yeah. Very English influence, too. Yeah. 
I also I, I, I see a little blind melon in here. Uh, I guess oh, they were call. they would have been kind of contemporaries, but uh, um, I, I think they might have gotten similar influences. You know, I, I think maybe I mean this is so this is the end of 1994, and um, I guess it you know you kind of go back and look a generation earlier, and so that's probably what you were getting here was people looking at songs from the late from 60s. The 60s. Yeah, the mid late 60s. Yeah. Because I'm, yeah, I'm thinking about other bands that were coming out at that time. Well, this is the time where grunge kind of morphed in. Which they call it the bro rock or whatever. The the Nickelback type stuff started hitting, hitting loose, and it, it it changed. And this this does reflect. This would fit better, really, in the early nineties. Uh, they did have a big break between this. Obviously, '89 was their first album. They had some problems with their uh, management of the record album they were trying to go to a different record album so this album came out a little bit later and then when it came out with the negative reviews they it just you know two years later in 96 they they disbanded and it was it was one of those ones where they were they were peeling off members left and right after this and it, it's sad but you know they it, 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 they had so much promise. Like I said, people were pointing these guys could be the next Beatles. But of course, I remember when TC, 10CC was the next right, Beatles. Right. The Knack were the next Beatles. No. <laughs> now, don't start talking negative about the Knack. No, okay. You got to get the Knack. <laughs> Some nice guitar work, though. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, guys. I'm having a visual of Austin Powers dancing on the screen. I'm, I'm, you know, when I hear this kind of. Oh yeah, international man of mystery. <laughs> when, when did that? Yeah, when baby. that came out? Uh, same time. time. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It was a little bit of a resurgence, maybe of English, um, you know, uh, rock and roll, like well, psychedelic rock, psychedelic, and, uh, you yes. know, with with Austin Powers, right? <laughs> One line of this I do like is "You got me hook, line, and sinker. All you have to do is reel me in." You know, so, <laughs> oh <know>. yeah. <laughs> That's a nice little riff right there at the end. Mm -hmm. Well, this next song is uh, their their top hit off of this album um, called "Love Spreads." Uh, you, if you listen to talk radio, Michael Medved uses this sometimes as his um, kind of bleed over music. A little slide. This could be a country song right there. Wayne Allman doing this. Now, with the, the breakup of the band, was it because of egos, or was it because of uh, probably all of drugs, 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 yeah. drugs, rock and roll, the lifestyle, and you know, all of them deciding that they're a personality and needs to leave the band. I think they call that irreconcilable difference. This this sounds like Doodoo Child. It's interesting, I'm looking at this list of some of the <clears throat> top hits from December of 1994, and you've got quite a difference. You've got um, 
Boys to Men on Bended Knee. You've got Always, Bon Jovi. You've got Madonna, Secret. And then you've got Sheryl Crow, All I Want to Do. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting. Then you got this. Well, this, the, this, once again, was not, you know, it, it was a hit song. It was, you know, it didn't make the top 100, but it, this was nowhere even close to top 10 or anything or top 20 yet. Uh, and this this is was that alternative music. Um, at the time, our radio station was called 99X. It was played constantly on that. Um, you had them, hundreds of other groups. This is the time for Pearl Jam and Nirvana. Pearl Jam, Bush. Yeah, exactly. Bush just came out with his album. Soundgarden. Bush had 16 Stone, and Pearl Jam had Vitalogy. I'll tell you, this song, I could listen to this one all day. It's a good long song, too. Over five minutes. So, um, a movie that came out in December of 1994 um, that... It's one of those movies that I can't help myself. I'll just stop and watch it if it's on. <laughs> it's um, Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> oh, how that avoided getting the Academy Award for I Best took a Picture date to that. Is, is I'll just never know. <laughs> and believe it or not, I still got married to her. <laughs> and she just, every time we go to a movie, she goes, this is not Dumb and Dumber, is it? <laughs> nice recovery. Uh, it, I, it was hilarious. It's, funny. Is. It, 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 it's incredibly funny. Minute so by you're minute. telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> what about that one in a million thing? <laughs> yeah, I just don't ride a scooter in the snow when you have to go to the restroom. <laughs> I think, unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, they kept uh, they kept going with them. I think there's like a Dumb and Dumber five or something. Oh, please no. Yeah. They, the remake, yeah, they, they, they yeah the, the remake didn't quite live up to the, the standards of the of the classic, yeah, or the earlier version. They did the prequel, which yeah, was even worse. Yeah, yeah, they had Dumb and Dumb Dumberer or something like that. <laughs> but, oh Dumberer. well, yeah. What other, whatever movies are going on there? Well, I mean that you know that was the one that really stands out. You got one, uh, uh, Cobb. It was, uh, featured uh, Tom, Tommy Lee Jones. Oh, about that's about Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb, yep. He's yep. kind of a local here in the Georgia area. Grew up Royston, I think it is. Yeah, I've actually gone up. There's a couple of monuments up there for him, and it's interesting to see that you know he was a great baseball player. Oh, yeah. He was my not very favorite. well liked, though. Well, he wasn't there, there to be I, liked. I, I, no, I, that's I think true. the media right, kind of pushed it a little bit more than what it is. I've, I've read the other autobiography that came out probably about two or three years ago. And he was more in, I guess, less racist as he was portrayed, I guess. Mm. People, he just was a a hard player. He -hmm. he did play. He took it seriously. Yeah, the spikes, if you ever got spiked in baseball, you know it hurts. And he made sure he let you know there were spikes on the bottom of his shoes. It looks like uh, that movie Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin. You know, I don't, I don't remember a whole lot about that movie, but I'll tell you, Steve, Steve Martin's got a, um, he's a good actor, and he does a lot of, he can do a serious role and a comedic role yeah. pretty well, mm-hmm. kind of like Robin Williams. That always surprised me when, mm-hmm. when that would happen. But uh, I like the way this is building with that, with that. Yeah, it's well produced, isn't it? Yeah, it is. 
it gets to a real good ending here. Yeah. Keep on adding something. I recognize it, you know. Yeah. This one. That's the place where I recognized it when they came in with that, that bridge. Yeah, thanks. All right. We got a um we want to feature a movie theme or a TV theme from uh December of 1994 and uh I picked ER. Do you guys remember this show? It oh, started, yeah. it debuted in 1994 and it was on for quite a while. Anybody know how long? Or oh, take a guess? Uh, ten, I'm, 10 years or more. I'm think yeah, I'm thinking maybe 12 years. 15 years. Wow. 1994 to 2009. My wife is binging this right now. (laughs) Really? (laughs) She went back and found ER and started watching the first episodes. And it is. It's very very well made. Mm -hmm. Other TV things were going on. The Home and Garden television um, debuted on cable. And then the Game Show Network. Anybody's... At yeah. first, it was all old game shows. I still watch Match Game on there. It comes There's on at one thirty, or it comes on at 1 o'clock, and then something else. And then we're now on to staff picks. This is mine. This is Rob. What you got, Rob? This is What's the Frequency, Kenneth? I'm Dan Rather. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, this was a, a big hit from R.E.M. at that time. Well, um, I, I bought this uh, CD, and um, it's interesting. This was the ninth album from R.E.M., it was actually released in September of 1994, but we're featuring it for December of 94 because this hit the, the charts. Um, and as Brian alluded to, <laughs> the song's title refers to something that happened in New York City in 1986. So Dan Rather was walking to his, uh, his uh, apartment, his residence, and he was attacked by these two guys, and they kept repeating Kenneth what's the frequency and um, he was uh, it was just in Manhattan and and um, uh, you know he, he they just beat the crap out of him and kept asking him Kenneth what's the frequency mm-hmm. and so um, <laughs> rather said I got mugged who understands these things I didn't and I don't now I didn't make a lot of it at the time and I don't now I wish I knew who did it and why, but I have no idea. So he was just clueless. It was just mm-hmm. a bizarre thing. And so uh, it was unsolved for a long time, but it was referenced in a lot of pop culture, including R.E.M. They kind of picked it up as a reference to just weird stuff that's going on with Generation X. Uh, you know, I don't know why they attribute it to that, but. I still think it's the Illuminati that. That was trying to take care of. Right. Well, this is an interesting thing. So, Dan Rather sang with REM during a sound check prior to uh, a performance they had in Madison Square Garden. Dan and Rather sang with? Yes. Him? Yeah. So, he, uh, he and, it, and they showed it on late uh, show with David Letterman before they performed Crush with Eyeliner, which also came off of this album. Uh. But, um, yeah, so he, he had a little bit of fun with it. 
what happened was by that time they had solved it, and um, uh, there was uh, a guy, William Tager, and he was serving 12 and a half to 25-year prison sentence for killing a stagehand outside the Today Show studio in 1994. So, anyway, it's just kind of a bizarre, weird thing. But I like this. Um, I like I like the album. I mean, it's it's not it's different from some of the other stuff that REM did. It's orange. It's got this tiger picture on it. Mm-hmm. And as we get to the end of it, I want to just kind of pay attention to this. It says the song slows down at the end, and Peter Buck, who was their guitarist, said the the truth is that Mike, who plays bass, slowed down the pace. And we all followed. And then I noticed he looked strange. It turned out he had appendicitis. And we rushed him <laughs> to the hospital. So we never wound up redoing it. Oh, wow. wow. So if you listen to it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Let's see if we hear him slowing down here. I think that um, it's a good it's a good album if you're a CD if you're looking for REM and something you probably haven't heard a whole lot of. Yep. So. Excellent. REM was hard to pigeonhole though. Yep. Now who's got the next pick? This on is this mine. One? This is Brian's. So one of my favorite bands uh, out of the '90s and, and through today as well. Um, Pearl Jam. Based out of Seattle, the Seattle grunge movement of the late 80s, early 90s. This is off their Vitalogy album. And, of course, this song is written by, of course, Eddie Vedder. And um, this song is... We were talking about, uh, you know, in previous sessions, we talked about songs that we enjoy that isn't the boy meets girl and and love follows and that sort of thing, or lust follows. But this is a song really about a social issue, and it's... He, he wrote it when he was uh, in high school, and he was in his an apartment in San Diego, and he's writing it. And he was wondering if anyone would ever listen to it. Hmm. <laughs> so look out what happens, and and it's just uh, it's about abuse. Um, later on, he would write, or it would say in a concert that he's writing this about his his mother and his stepfather, and. Um, I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, she dreams in colors, dreams in red. She can't find a better man. The fear of the unknown, that the abuse is a known thing, and the unknown is what what else is out there? Uh, what is her alternatives, or what the victims of abuse? What is the alternative? Hmm. And so, it's just amazing the talent that an 18-year-old, you know, in this case Eddie Vedder, had with writing this song um, about what he was seeing. And, uh, and you were talking about that slow progression, and, and we've, we've kind of covered those in other sessions, too. This is a perfect example of it just slowly builds, and then you kick in the percussion, yeah. and it just rocks. And here we go. Hold tight. This song went up to number one, and then the amazing thing is that uh, it was never published as a commercial single. It would just... Based on the popularity of Vitality and the song in general, it still went to the top of the charts. 
Oh, so the producers did not. That, that wasn't marketed then. No. Interesting. Yep. And that's what you get when you write a great song. Exactly. People, people recognize it. And, and it stayed on top for eight weeks. An amazing song. Yeah, this is a good one for uh, 94. I mean, I think about all that was going on. I mean, this kind of hits home a little bit because, unfortunately, I my dad was a was an alcoholic, and during this time, actually, uh, he hit my mother, and I drove from Atlanta to Birmingham, and me and my brother confronted him, and said, just basically got in his face, touch my mother again, I'm gonna kick your ass. Mm. And my dad was a bully when he was growing up, mm. and fortunately, I'm not that big, but just there was enough vitriol in my voice that mm-hmm. he knew that he was going the wrong direction. Well, that was probably something that, honestly, he he, he paid attention to. <laughs> yeah, it never happened again. Yeah. And unfortunately, as, as an alcoholic, he ended up having liver cancer and dying of it. You know, ironically, though, when uh, Pearl Jam was performing this concert, uh, this song in the concert in 94 at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia. I was uh, there. He was referring to his stepfather, Peter Mueller, a California attorney, whom uh, Vetter had long believed was his biological father. And, of course, he divorced his mother in the early 80s. But he says, basically, uh, this is dedicated to the bastard who hurt my mother. And so that's the first time he re- truly revealed in that concert that where the, where the song came from. Exactly. Wow. That's powerful. Well, it's hard as a, as someone who's who's a teenager or younger, and you have somebody who's an adult, mm-hmm. and you look up to, uh, to, that does things like this. This is a great yeah. pick, Brian. Yeah. Thank you. You bet. And Finally, it's played played on the radio today, and I turn it just as loud every time I hear it. Continuing <laughs> on with staff pick now, Bruce's picks coming up. What you got, Bruce? Love those that that the harmony there. Yeah, this is uh, this is kind of an odd pick for a rock song, but this is alternative rock. This is uh, something's always wrong by Toad the Wet Sprocket. Love that type. I love that album or the, uh, the 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 name of the band. I just love that. So here's a trivia question: Anybody know where Toad the Wet Sprocket got their name? No, but I bet you're going to tell us, and I bet it's going to be really good. I'll bet I will because <laughs> I found out. It was from a Monty Python sketch. It was written by Eric Idle, and it's one of those news reports that they did. They had a rock notes in which Rex Stardust, lead electric triangle with Toad the Wet Sprocket, had an elbow removed after falling off the back of a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I liked that band for a reason. It sounds like a Monty Python uh, It does, doesn't it? Oh, here's the chorus. Listen to this. I'll tell you what I love about that chorus is the way that they use that counterpoint. You know, you've got, and it seems we meet in, in, in one vocal, and the other vocal is saying to meet and mend, you know, and then another in the spaces, spaces safe. You know, it's going, going back and forth, but it, uh, um, it, it yeah. stays with the theme. Very nice. 
So this is off their fourth album. It's called Dulcinea, and they had two hits off of that. Fall Down was um, a little more popular than this one, but uh, this is the one that uh, that that I just love. I want to say the the '90s when the grunge and a lot of the new new wave stuff came out. I really enjoyed that period of music, uh, and I probably was too old old for it. I was probably ten years past the date. But uh, I was still single then and, and really did influence me in, in, in the way I enjoyed different music. And obviously we might pick the Stone Roses, Toad the Rat Spark. There's, there's a number of groups at that time that just, uh, I just really enjoyed. And like I said, the, the, the radio station was an alternative radio station. was playing these, these things all over and over again. And it, it really did have a, a, a great influence on me on my way I enjoyed music. Oh, yeah. yeah. This was a great CD. I... I mean, I'm, I bought this one, and I like every track on it. I mean, it's just great. Oh, they're solid. Well, the members, it's uh, Glenn Phillips is on vocals and guitars. Todd Nichols is on guitar. And then bassist is Dean Deming. And drummer is Randy Guess. And uh, they, they broke up for a while. I think they're back together and kind of touring from time to time. I've seen Glenn Phillips individually. Um Good songwriter, uh, just a great group. This uh, lyric here really um, reminded me of a lot of people, a lot of women. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trying to make them happy. I think this word came out. Something's always Something's wrong. Always wrong. Well, <laughs> that's the thing, you know. It's just it. It just kind of speaks to you. It's a great. I'm not going to mention song. any names. <laughs> After you're married a while, you kind of you have a little tune off button to be able to just go. Okay, I know there's something wrong, so I'm just going to. Something's always keep on wrong. Moving. That's right. <laughs> just relax and enjoy. The one com- contrast in that in that chorus where it says, we always say it won't be long, and then in the background you hear, say too much. You know, oh, that's, yeah. that's a cool little uh, little counterpoint there. Just, But I just love the, love the lyrics. And you're right, it's at the height of grunge, you still had a lot of these beautiful songs, beautiful melodies and things. You had, uh, had a number of folks that, were, that, that had that skill about them. Great pick, man. I'm gonna. It makes me want to get the uh, CD out again. Or, actually, I do have this on my phone, so I'll just do it that way. I'll go to whattheriff.com and there you go. There we go. Listen to it there. Go the on Spotify. It's on our Spotify account. What do we got here? Fury in the slaughterhouse. Yeah, this is Wayne. Uh, this is my pick. Um, you might go, who is this, <laughs> and what's the name of the song? And it, it is, uh, you know. Fury in the Slaughterhouse, and it is uh, Dancing in the Sunshine of the Dark. And the way I got this song is that I, uh, I this was before iTunes, before even Nat- Napster. Uh, if you were trying to find some other song somewhere else, you had to kind of go to a miscellaneous disc, a uh, best of. Back in the day, it was the KTEL albums. You'd get KTEL albums that kind of had the top hits, but they also had a few deeper cuts in there. And this is one of those I bought. And, and once again, in the in the late 90s, I was ex- 
wanting to hear stuff from foreign groups, so I really did try to pick out ones that were from the UK or somewhere else. This happens to be a German group uh, that came out. Uh, they were founded in um, 1987 and disbanded in 2008. They had several, several albums. I'm not going to tell you. I, I know about nothing about this group except for I thought, hey, this is a good song. It grooves. And so I printed off the lyrics, and I'm going, ooh, you are German. <laughs> very, very dark lyrics. <laughs> so it's basically, it, it, it's, it's a guy who, who killed two police officers and is That's in what a the cell. song's yeah, about? Yeah, in a cell. And basically, he's about ready to die. Uh, I guess the death penalty or something. And he's just, you know... Okay, there's no tomorrow, so I'm going to be dancing in the sunshine of the dark. You know, there were um, a number of German bands, uh, and what what was the who was the '99 Luft Balloons? Nina. 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 Okay, and 1983. Yeah, and um, uh, Scorpions. Scorpions were German, weren't Scorpions, they? Scorpions. Yeah. Okay. I've got another group here. This is this is out of left field, but Cavadar. That uh, that was a group you probably never heard of. It's probably only about. I guess I downloaded an album of theirs about ten years ago. One hit but wonder? It, or? No, no, not one hit. It's really a very hard rock album. It almost goes back to like Deep Purple. So it, it, I enjoy it, but once again, it's outside of our 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 range here of '94. But if we're pulling out groups from Germany, that that was one that I I, I enjoy. This is, uh, I'm, I'm kind of rocking out to it, and after hearing what the lyrics are, I'm kind of embarrassed about that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a great tune. Yeah. Well done. Fortunately, you can uh, enjoy a song without attaching it to your social morales. Uh, you know, if maybe they should have done it in German so that, you know, I wouldn't have to worry about the lyrics a whole lot. What I like is this is their second language. So they are doing poetry in a different language, which is hard enough in your own language. That's true. Poetry was not one of your strong suits, maybe? I, I don't know. I probably did write some song lyrics, but nothing, nothing that was worth a damn. <laughs> well, a lot of people that turned them in on a whim thought their, their songs probably weren't any good either. Dancing in the sunshine of the dark. Here's the last uh, lyrics of this, this thing. Five steps to the gallow, and a dreck slide to hell. Enjoy your last steps in the light before you leave the cell. That was where it, it, it went to silence, and then you heard the cell door, but it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> or you heard the electricity turn on. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, th uh, you know, I think it's good um, pulling some of these songs that you don't know, that you're not familiar with. But I, I, I put this on my uh, iTunes. This is one Spotify. reason why I like to delve deep, and and there's a hole for me, you know, the late '60s, early '70s, where I really haven't delved deep enough. I mean, you've heard of MC5, but you know, I went out and bought the album because I just heard of one song of theirs. What a great album! Same thing here. You, you you delve deep, you get this, and you're going, okay, wait a minute, that's a great song. Maybe I'll 
go ahead and you know see what other else they have on there. You know, and I'm notorious of just buying a greatest hits album of somebody who's not really have a greatest hits lineup. Good pick. Oh, thank you. So we round it out with uh, a fun song, right? Yeah, we we usually do a comedy or a, a song about uh, instrumental, and this was more of a comedy lineup, but. This is you Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a redneck. I didn't know they made a song out of it. This actually made it to the top 100. So uh, it's interesting that he, he did do this. I love his this what he's riffing about here. If you've ever been too drunk to fish. you show them your belt buckle. If every day somebody comes to your door mistakenly thinking you're having a yard sale. If you've ever had to haul a can of paint to the top of a water tower to defend your sister's honor, <laughs> now Jeff Foxworthy is a great guy. Um, people don't realize sometimes you talk about philanthropic work that people do. A friend of mine's son actually actually got shot in the face with a shotgun, and Jeff Foxworthy did a. a, a a concert to raise money benefit. for them. Yeah, a benefit concert. Uh, and, you know, it, it helps when, when you don't have the insurance to be able to handle that. So that's, that's uh, he's always in high graces to me. He's a good guy. If you've ever financed a tattoo, if you've ever made change in the offering plate, <laughs> you might be a redneck. <laughs> we change have in the offering plate. The they don't have in other parts of the country. Now you come to the South, we have words like Yunkta. We going to mall, Yunkta. <laughs> what letter does that start with? Does anybody know? <laughs> I like this word a lot. Alright. Alright. That's a word in Texas, all right. That hey, hey. Around lunchtime every day you hear somebody say, hey, G yeah. Hey. No, G. Yunkta. G. <laughs> That's good. That's a good way to, to, to round it out. It out reunion to meet women. If you smoked during your wedding, if you smoked <laughs> during your wedding, it's <laughs> <laughs> been a long time since I've heard these. No I'm glad there's a song for that. Yeah. Well, it's been <laughs> December of 19. 19- Eight, 1994. Uh, enjoy What the Riff. This is Wayne. I'm Rob. I'm Brian. And I'm Bruce. Enjoy. You've been listening to What the Riff. We hope you enjoyed riffing with us, and we invite you to visit whattheriff.com to find and download the music we had on tap today. You can also contact us and request an album that you'd like us to riff about at whattheriff.com. And if you get a minute, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter and YouTube. Thanks for listening to What the Riff? Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. Also, Marbury Creative Group. Tell it better. If necessary, use words. <laughs>